Hello, welcome back. I'm so happy that you decided to join Girls Gone Healthy today. We have a really great episode with Julie here. We're talking about gut health because recently, you know, with the other episodes, we've been talking about the mind-body connection, just how everything in your body is so connected. Like with the meditation episode that we had last Monday, we talked about emotional wellness and how it's also connected with your spirit and your health. And so now that we're deep diving into gut health is kind of interesting to see how that plays a big role into it too. And I think that a lot of people... You know, right now, gut health is starting to become a popular topic because that's how a lot of the detoxes are selling, right? It's like, oh, you have gut issues, you have digestive issues, oh, just go on this 30-day detox, go on this juice cleanse, which are just things that I couldn't even imagine trying to follow. So we talk about kind of what it means to have gut issues, is it that serious, is it not... And then, you know, what steps can you take that aren't dramatic, that aren't cutting out whole food groups and going on these cleanses, things that like your body's actually doing naturally for you, right? So we talk about those small shifts and I'm excited for you guys to listen in. Before we go ahead and get started, if you've listened to another episode, you've heard me say it, but we do have a Facebook group. It's linked below, but you can also just check out Girls Gone Healthy, and then little like subtitle things. I added a subtitle so it's really easy to find. It's healthy tips in your 20s. So Girls Gone Healthy, healthy tips, put it in your Facebook and join the group. I'm trying to build that up as a place for us to talk, you know, after this episode. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, I would love to talk about it there and then also you know I'm popping in sending some fun things funny TikToks that I see come join the group so yes join Facebook is down below subscribe so you don't miss an episode and let's go hey guys welcome back today we're joined by Julie Julie's a nurse practitioner and wellness expert specializing in gut health GI map testing and helping you ditch sugar once and for all Julie educates others on the importance of having a healthy gut, how to improve your gut health, and how to beat the sugar addiction without sacrificing the foods you love. Thanks for joining us today, Julie. Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm really excited about our conversation. Me too. So before we go into it too much, could you just kind of explain to us what gut health is? Yeah, for sure. So There's something in our bodies called the gut microbiome, which people have probably, now there's becoming, you know, there's more awareness around gut health. So that might be a term that that people have heard before, but basically that is um, an area in our body, in our gut, where bacteria live. Uh, We have good bacteria, we have bad bacteria, and we really have to have a good balance of that. Um, It's, it's, actually a lot more complex than, than previously thought. Um, and it leads to an unhealthy gut leads to so many, um, diseases, so many symptoms that sometimes people don't even connect that, Oh, this could be a problem with my gut. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll get into that. Talk about that, like some signs of poor gut health, um, to help people kind of connect the dots a little bit. Yeah. Sounds good. Cause I know that kind of the only ways I've heard about gut health is it has kind of been a hot topic word recently where things like kombucha and different foods are coming out as like, these are health gut friendly foods, things like that. Uh, So yeah, I'm definitely interested in learning more. But 
before we get into that too, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how you got started specializing in this. Yes. Uh, so that is exactly how I got started specializing in this is because I went through it for years and years and years. Um, I, for as long as I can remember, I had, um, just, I'll just say gut issues. So I always had bloating, even after I would eat, uh, you know, healthy food, it didn't really matter what I would eat. Honestly, you know, my stomach would be bloated. I would have gas. I was always constipated. I mean, just, you know, I knew, well, actually quite honestly, over time I began to think, well, this must just be the way my body is. Okay. I guess this is just the way I am kind of like, I'll have to accept it. And that's what I find many of the patients that I work with that's where they're at. You know, they've been to multiple doctors and maybe they've even had testing, things like colonoscopies and endoscopies, and they're told, well, everything's fine. You know, everything looks fine. Um, and that really starts to honestly affect you mentally. But but then you begin to accept it and you begin to think, okay, well, I guess this is just the way I am. And what I want anybody listening that has any of those symptoms that I mentioned already know is that that is not normal. It is not normal to have those things on a regular or daily basis. Uh, And so, you know, always seek out the answers. If you're not finding them with maybe a provider that you're going to, then kind of go further. And so that's, that's kind of what I did. Again, I I sort of started to accept it a little bit until I was introduced to a functional medicine provider a few years ago through a friend. And she offered a test called the GI map test. And um, I looked into the test and I was like, oh, you know, I want to get to the bottom of, of my issues, you know, get to the root cause. And this was like the best test on the market. And so I did the test. I found out I had five different uh, harmful bacteria and I had a parasite. I had my intestinal. We, we look at on the GI map test, we look at a lot of intestinal markers. All of those were off. My immunity was low. Uh, and so I went through a process, a protocol, a natural protocol of healing and everything got better. And so once I healed my gut, I just, it was so freeing that I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help other people do this and know that they don't have to stay stuck where they're at. So that's kind of just in a nutshell how I got to where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's awesome to hear your backstory with it too because, you know, you'll talk to your friends, oh, I'm so bloated, and they go, oh, yeah, 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 like me too, or yeah, that happens to everyone because it does, but not daily. Like it shouldn't be something that you're accepting daily. It's something that happens, you know, once in a blue moon type of thing. So I like that you can kind of relate to that as being like, yeah, I've accepted that. But then you kind of knew, okay, no, this is uncomfortable to live this way. I'm going to maybe start seeking out other answers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So how important is your gut health to your overall health? How do the two relate? Yeah. So it's so connected. And the more, you know, the more time goes on, the more research is being done. We really are seeing just how connected it is. So, you know, our, our immunity lives in our gut, 70% of our immunity lives in our gut. And right now at the time of this recorded recording, of course, we're like deep into COVID and, you know, everybody wants to have a really strong immune system. Right. And, and sometimes we, you know, we want to do all the things that we know to do, you know, like take vitamin C and uh, get enough sleep. And all those things are great and they're super important. But 
sometimes we, we aren't really looking deep enough to go, okay, well, why might my immune system not be strong enough? And so that's what I, I just want to encourage people to, to get curious you know, and to just ask better questions, I would say. You know, when you ask better questions, you get better answers. So if you maybe know that your immune system isn't strong or or you, you know, know that you get sick a lot, then maybe there is something going on in your gut. So it's it's not only connected to immunity, it is there's a huge connection, there's a huge gut brain connection. Uh, and so this is another thing that I think maybe people aren't as aware of is when your gut microbiome is out of balance, meaning, you know, maybe you've got some harmful, more harmful bacteria in there um, and not enough good bacteria, then things happen like you don't sleep as well because the microbiome actually produces and releases many of the same neurotransmitters that we need for sleep. Things like dopamine, serotonin, GABA, melatonin is actually produced in the gut as well as in the brain. So if your gut health is off, then you may not be sleeping properly. Well, that kind of goes back to if you don't sleep well, you're not going to have a strong immune system either. So, you know, it's all interrelated. Um, And then also just another thing with the gut brain connection, um, anxiety, depression, mood swings. I mean, there are studies showing the positive effects on our emotional wellness through good gut health. And also the opposite that our emotional health is not good when our gut health is not good. So there's, there's a huge connection there as well. So those are probably some of the big areas that that maybe, you know, people aren't as aware of. Yeah. And then I'm glad that you mentioned the emotional aspect of it too, because I feel like a lot of the research that's coming out or a lot of the articles that you see about gut health is talking about like anxiety that's stored there. And to me, that didn't really make sense. You know, I couldn't picture it. I was like, what do you mean it's stored in your gut? But that makes a lot more sense when you talk about it in things like sleep, because if the melatonin's there, it's like, okay, well now I see how maybe it is affecting your overall health. And then I also really like, too, that you mentioned just being curious because I think that's so important. And that's why I was really excited to have you on because people listening to this might be like, oh, I'm not really interested in gut health or, oh, I don't have an issue with it. But then they'll end up listening and then it's like, wait, no, like this is clicking for me. I've experienced the same thing. Yes, I see that so often. Um, you know, sometimes I'll make a, a post on social media and it it won't. I even made a post. I'll give you this example just recently that said, could I have poor gut health without digestive symptoms? And the answer is absolutely yes, because when we think of gut health, naturally, we think of the bloating and the constipation and the indigestion and all of those things. But what are some other signs? And that was what, you know, I posted about. And, you know, I had people comment like, oh, I didn't realize that there was a connection. So, so we talked about the gut brain connection, but there's also hormones and gut health are hugely related. So the gut microbiome plays a key role in regulation of estrogen levels. So you can, and and you don't, if your body is not digesting fat properly and absorbing fat, you don't manufacture hormones properly. And this was actually one of my issues. On my first GI map test, I had Uh, a high level of fat uh, in my stool, which means that I was not digesting fat. And the, the funny thing is that's 
primarily what my diet is made up of is healthy fat. I mean, I eat a lot of healthy fat and it was very eye opening. I was like, oh, wow, I'm not even digesting fat, first of all. And so my hormones, which I was having hormonal symptoms too, my hormones were really out of balance. So that's another one, especially for us women. You know, if you're having hormonal symptoms and you know that you're, or you feel as though your hormones are out of balance, then it could be a gut issue. Another big one for women is inability to lose weight. You know, we know that dysbiosis, which means an imbalance of that good and bad bacteria, plays a a role in weight gain. And there's this kind of level of inflammation there that has been shown to lead to obesity. Skin issues are is another one. Things like eczema, psoriasis, acne. Uh, you know, our skin's our largest organ, and a lot of times our body is just really trying to tell us things. With it manifest in the skin, so you know, uh, it's it's a way for our bodies to detox. Um, we see that in the skin a lot. So if you're having skin issues, uh, it could very well relate back to your gut. So those are kind of some other ones that I would say people need to kind of pay attention to if they're having those issues, then, then, then look at your gut health. Yeah. Cause that is a lot more than digestion too. You know, it's like, okay, are you getting sick a lot? What about your skin? What about all these other things that could be the cause of it? And then what is the cause of poor gut health? Is that something that you're just kind of born with and some people have to regulate it more or is it a sign of bad nutrition, something like that. Yeah, that's an awesome question. So there are several things that can lead to poor gut health. So I would say first and foremost is honestly just the way that we eat. It's the processed foods. It's the sugar. What happens when we're putting those foods into our body that are full of chemicals, toxins that our body really doesn't recognize, it alters that microbiome that I keep referring to. The bad bacteria actually feed on processed foods, on sugar. And so you're actually worsening the issue. So let's say you come in contact with a bacteria or a parasite or yeast or something like that. If you have really good gut health and you have, you know, the right amount of acid in your stomach to, to kind of destroy the back, the bad bacteria, then it's most likely not going to kind of grow and multiply. But if you have all this inflammation and if, if you're constantly feeding yourself sugar and processed foods, then and your gut health is not good, then the bad bacteria, it's just like the perfect setup, um, the perfect environment for them to live in. And, and I like this saying, I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but um, it really is true. Every time you eat, you're either feeding disease or fighting it. So you know, I'm not saying that, you know, nobody's perfect, right? But if we can, if we can really start to take these small daily upgrades in reducing that processed, those processed foods and sugar, then our overall health, especially long term, is going to improve. Um, so food is a big one. The next one I would say is stress. We do not really talk enough about, now it's getting better, you know, more awareness, but I mean, stress, a lot of people feel stress in their gut. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's, that's actually how I feel it. So this kind of goes back a little bit to that gut brain connection. Um, But I know when I'm stressed, it's, it's, it's a feeling of heaviness and almost like indigestion. Like that's where I feel stress and stress can actually make the intestinal barrier weaker and it can lead to leaky gut, which we can 
talk because that's kind of a hot topic as well. We can talk about leaky gut if you want to. But it, and what that does is it allows bacteria to enter your bloodstream, bacteria that should just stay in the gut to actually get into the bloodstream. And then probably the third most common thing that leads to poor gut health would be um, medications a lot of over-the-counter medications. Um, Surprisingly, proton pump inhibitors or PPIs, which are for the gut, which are for things like, you know, indigestion, heartburn, uh, that actually leads to poor gut health. Um, And also antibiotics and um, oral contraceptives. Those are really big ones as well. Yeah. That's a lot of information that I didn't know. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that when I started my health journey too, I think the easiest changes for me to make was eating more like natural foods, you know, more of the whole foods, not 100% packaged that don't have any nutrients. And so I I wasn't doing it necessarily for my gut health, but that makes so much more sense that, yeah, your body knows how to process it. You know, your body knows how to process broccoli versus the powder version that was made. So I think that was interesting too. And then also with foods is when I think like, okay, maybe my stomach's feeling upset or like I've been having issues. I'll drink kombucha. Like to me, like that's the hot one of like, okay, this will help my gut. Are there foods that directly impact your gut that's like, okay, this will start improving it right away? Or is it more of a long-term everything that you've been consuming? Yeah. So that's an awesome question. So yeah, there are definitely foods that will help improve the gut health. And so the reason kombucha is one of them. And so the reason that kombucha and other foods like kefir and kimchi and sauerkraut and fermented veggies and even yogurt, foods like that are high in probiotics. And so that's why they are good for the gut because we obviously want more good bacteria to crowd out. There's actually only a certain amount of space in your microbiome. So when you have more good bacteria, it starts to sort of crowd out the bad bacteria. So definitely those are some foods that are really important. Now, I will say it is important when you, whether you're taking a probiotic supplement or you're, you're getting more of it from food sources, I personally like to do both. It's important to also have prebiotic fiber because that's what the probiotics feed on and that's how they grow and multiply and you really get the most benefit from them. So some foods that have prebiotic fiber in them would be things like bananas, onions, Uh, garlic, asparagus, those are all high in prebiotic fiber. So those would be really good, you know, to incorporate as well. Some other things that now I'd, I'd really like to mention some things that we could really all benefit from cutting out or at least cutting back, like starting the process of cutting down on them. There are really three food kind of groups that are, that kind of do the most damage to our gut and to, to really our whole body in terms of inflammation. Uh, and that's gluten, sugar, and dairy, which I know sounds really overwhelming if I said, you know, somebody who, who you know, eats kind of a standard American diet to say, okay, don't eat any more gluten, sugar, or dairy, because that's literally in everything, right? But, you know, it's really just making those small changes and swaps. Uh, and that's what re- we do primarily at a natural shift is we help people learn how to upgrade their food choices. So it's not about 
sacrificing the foods that you love. It's just about upgrading the foods that you love so that just a a very simple example would be your spaghetti sauce so that you choose a spaghetti sauce that isn't loaded with sugar and chemicals. You choose one that doesn't have any added sugar or chemicals and is a cleaner version. So you're still eating the food that you love, it's just in a cleaner, better way. And the compound effect of those things over time is really what gets you the long lasting results and what is sustainable. Yeah. And then I like that you mentioned the gut health with sugar, because a lot of people know that sugar is an inflammatory food, but not necessarily how it affects the gut health. And I know that you specialize in both. You specialize in gut health and helping people ditch sugar. So how do the two relate? And is that like the biggest thing that people can focus on? Yeah. I mean, I think that for sure, if you can start to, again, do some kind of replacements, which um, I can give kind of some examples of that, but but I'll answer your, your question first. So the two biggest things that sugar do to our gut is it causes massive inflammation. And, you know, when, when we have inflammation, it actually, all disease starts with some level of inflammation. So no matter what it is, there's some level of inflammation there. And then sugar also, again, feeds all of that bad bacteria. So you're just really kind of setting up the perfect environment for, you know, the bacteria, yeast, parasites, for all of those to really grow and thrive, which obviously is not what we want. So those are, those are the two biggest things, just kind of in simplistic terms of, of what sugar does to our gut. And, and what I, now I will, I just to tell you this, I didn't tell you this as part of my story. And this was probably a huge part of my poor gut health uh, previously is that for years, I mean, I had cleaned up everything in my diet. Um, you know, I, I didn't eat, you know, gluten, dairy. Um, I was vegan at one point. Um, you know, just ate really clean, exercised, um, used all natural products, you know, had cleaned up like toxins and things that I was bringing into our home and to my personal care products, all of that. But I really, really held on to sugar because sugar is so addictive. And this is, probably one of the hardest things for people to give up and for people to even wrap their mind around not having sugar. And that was me for years and years and years. But what I began to realize as I kind of cleaned up my diet and lifestyle is, you know, I would then maybe go to uh, a party and there would be birthday cake, let's say, and I wanted the birthday cake. So I would eat the birthday cake and then I would just feel horrible, you know, instant headache, nauseous, uh, brain fog, just all the things. And sometimes, you know, it was worth it because I really wanted the cake. But as time went on, it was like, okay, remember the last time you did this? Remember how you felt? And I could honestly just kind of connect to that feeling and the way that I wanted to feel versus, you know, feeling like junk. And that that's what would keep me from you know, making the choice of eating the birthday cake, you know? So what I did, and this is what we teach um, at A Natural Shift, is to just start simply by replacing, uh, and I still eat sugar. Let me just be very clear because sometimes people will, will say, oh my gosh, 
you, you don't eat any sugar. I don't eat any refined sugar. So I still eat things that have natural sugar in them. Um, and so I would just encourage people to kind of start the process of making some simple swaps and upgrades. So that might look like, you know, choosing a piece of fruit for dessert. That might look like if you're going to bake some muffins choosing to use coconut sugar or maple syrup or honey, um, more of a natural sweetener. And what happens over time when you start to make these changes, your taste buds change. And then you don't even want, you know, the refined junk that is causing and wreaking all the havoc on your body. So that's kind of in, in a nutshell, kind of what sugar does to our body and how I would encourage people to, especially if it, if it seems overwhelming, which I know that it probably does if you're addicted to sugar, just start very small because that's, again, that's how it's going to be sustainable long-term. Yeah. I really liked your story with the cake too, because you're not saying, okay, you can't have any sugar and you need to cut out a hundred percent of sugar, but just be aware of how it's making you feel because if you know how it affects your body, then you can plan for that. Because I see that a lot with like lactose for me. Like it doesn't sit the best, but there's some times where I'm like, you know, I'd really like to have this drink or I'd really like to enjoy this. And so I will, but I already know how it's going to affect me. So I like that awareness that you like to educate people on. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really great point. You know, sometimes it's going to be worth it for you. But what I have noticed is, you know, along the journey, it just becomes less and less worth it. And it's not like I, I deprive myself. So that's not, that's not what we teach people. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, again, it's about, you know, trying to maybe make that replacement. For instance, I absolutely love chocolate. That's probably my number one, you know, sweet food that I love. And now if I have chocolate, you know, obviously I have dark chocolate because it, you know, has antioxidants in it. It's, it actually has some health benefits, but I like to have chocolate that's sweetened with stevia, you know, so I'm not getting any of the inflammatory sugar. So, um, Lily's is a great, I don't know if you've ever tried that or not, but it's a great brand that's sweetened with stevia. And so I've transitioned to that. Um, and I don't have any other kind of chocolate now and it totally satisfies the cravings and is perfect. So it's just, you know, it's just about trying out and testing out, you know, and, and, and making those, those little small changes. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to go check out Lily's. I've never heard of that before. And then earlier you said the words leaky gut, which I have never heard of before. So could you go into what that is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so leaky gut, uh, it's also the, the other kind of term for it is intestinal permeability. So you may, but mo most everyone calls it leaky gut, but that's kind of more of the scientific name is intestinal permeability. And so this is basically a condition where, so we have, um, if you could see me right now, I could kind of demonstrate with my hands, but I'll try to explain it as best as possible. So around our whole gut, our intestines, we have uh, a lining, so to speak. And this lining is basically formed with tight junctions, okay? And what happens when, you know, we eat all of the processed foods, when we have bad bacteria or yeast or parasites, um, stress, there are tons of things that can cause leaky gut. But what happens is those tight junctions start to loosen a little bit. And it's almost like you have these little tiny pinholes in the gut lining. And 
Then what happens is everything that's in your gut, so it could be undigested food particles, it could be um, bacteria, yeast, parasites, toxins, start to leak through those little holes and get into our bloodstream. And then what happens is obviously it's not supposed to be in, those things aren't supposed to be in our bloodstream. So then we have this massive inflammation that occurs throughout our entire body. And, and this is where people really start to see kind of those extra gut manifestations, so to speak. So like the skin breakouts, things like joint pain from the inflammation, uh, brain fog, you know, all of those things. Most people have some level of leaky gut, to be honest with you, because think about the way that we eat, think about the stress that we live in. You know, it may not be to the point where it's causing massive inflammation, but kind of the process is, you know, it could start small. And then if, if the gut isn't, if, you know, there's not an intervention, the gut isn't, isn't healed, then it progresses on. And if it continues on, because we have these foreign, you know, toxins and bacteria and food particles in our bloodstream, the body can actually start to fight against itself and you can develop autoimmune disorders. So that's how a lot of autoimmune disorders happen is because the body is almost attacking itself. That's what happens when you have an autoimmune disorder. So that's kind of the spectrum of leaky gut. And and the good news is when we get you know, things rebalanced and remove the the pathogens, the bad stuff in the gut, that's the first step to healing leaky gut. And then there are some other things that we can do to tighten up and to kind of seal up those holes and tighten up those junctions to heal that gut lining. So that may have been a little bit of a long explanation, but hopefully it made sense. Yeah, no, it definitely made sense. It's just so much that I've never learned about or thought about. So thank you for going into that. And then that leads me kind of into the last question. So I know that we've talked about a few ways to improve gut health and they've been natural of, okay, you can add things like probiotics, prebiotics, maybe reduce some of the sugar. These are all really natural ways to go about improving it. Is there any other things that you recommend or has this been something that you've also improved completely naturally? Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. So I do, um, so when I work with patients, um, the protocols that I create, uh, whether it's based on, and we can get into this just, um, just briefly, whether it's based on testing that GI map test that I mentioned, or some people, aren't necessarily ready for testing yet, but they know that they need help improving their gut health. I also do consultations um, for people who aren't ready for testing and create protocols for them as well. But all of my protocols are all natural because really, you know, that's the best way to go with anything. If we can heal, give our, give our bodies what it needs to heal naturally, then you're not going to have all of the side effects of you know, pharmaceuticals, which there's a time and place for that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, most of my career um, up until about seven years ago was in traditional medicine. So I'm super grateful for traditional medicine, but I also think um, it's very lacking in terms of getting to the root cause um, of issues and and often putting Band-Aids on problems. So um, a, a couple of other things that we can do kind of naturally that would be good for anyone, no matter what type of gut issue you might have, 
have would be um, digestive enzymes. Digestive enzymes can make a huge difference, especially if somebody's having like that bloating, gas, constipation, indigestion, those kind of symptoms, because our bodies don't make enough digestive enzymes and we don't get enough from the foods that we eat because it's primarily raw foods that have digestive enzymes. As you age, you don't make as many digestive enzymes. And what those do is they break down the food and help you absorb the nutrients. Um, So many people are malnourished because their gut health is so bad, they're not actually absorbing nutrients from their food. So digestive enzymes would be a very easy thing to to try um, that people could get some really good, almost immediate results with. Also, you know, we eat so rapidly on the go. We're constantly, you know, moving from one thing to the next and we don't chew our food properly. Uh, you really should chew your food about 20 to 30 times per bite, which I know sounds like a ton. But what I like to tell people is just put your fork down in between each bite. Try to eat in a relaxed, you know, calm environment. And that really helps so much with your digestion. And then, Drinking liquids, hopefully water, um, during your meals actually dilutes your stomach acid and your digestive enzymes, which we really need to to break down our food um, and you know for our digestion to work properly. So it's best to save your water or whatever you're drinking until after the meal. Like maybe you take, you know, one or two sips or something like that if you need it, but you can improve your digestion by just waiting till after the meal to, um, you know, to drink your water. Yeah. I, I love those little tips too, because, you know, at no point are you like, oh, like you're kind of out of luck or like if you've tried these things, like, okay, now like there's no hope, you know, it, it's so simple of, okay, like try these things, see how it feels, try adding in these foods, try reducing on this. And it's just kind of a, like a guess and check of taking inventory of your body, how it's reacting. And I love that you do it all naturally. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more now about your programs and what you offer. Sure. So I offer uh, two uh, options right now. So the first option is uh, if you wanted to do a GI consultation, um, what that in- includes is I take a full history. You just fill out an intake form. Um, I look that over. I have you take a quiz that tells me what your gut type is. Um, and that, all of that, I kind of put together. I create a custom protocol, which includes some key supplements. Um, it includes diet changes and also lifestyle modifications. Um, so that's one option. And then I also offer a similar option with testing. So this GI map test uh, that I mentioned is the most accurate, um, the most comprehensive gut test on the market. And so what information we gain from that. It's a five page, the results are five pages. And then from that, uh, I create a custom protocol. Um, so those are, those are the two options in terms of, um, you know, improving your gut health ways that you can work with me. And then over at A Natural Shift, we have lots of different resources. We have meal plans. We have one that would be, um, if this is new to people and they're like, oh, I'd like to cut back or cut out gluten, dairy, sugar, we have um, an ebook. It's called 
upgrade your eats. And it's basically the first week. It's a two week meal plan. It comes with grocery list and all the recipes. And it basically the first week we eliminate gluten. The second week we add on dairy and the whole time we're eliminating refined sugar, but it's foods that like the whole family loves. So, um, there's lots of recipes on our website as well. Um, so yeah, so those are, those are the ways that, um, that people can work with me. Awesome. So yeah, I'll definitely include all the links that below. Thank you for joining us today, Julie. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at underscore Emily Kaufman at underscore Emily Kaufman. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.